Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life, business, and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one-on-one sessions in both French or English, and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550, and our website can be found at lifecoachdanamzalike.com. Today, I'm very excited to have for our second episode of season 12, a special guest and spiritual healer, Danielle Enginito. And just like every of my past episode, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Danielle, the floor is yours. Thank you, Dr. Dan. I'm excited to be here. My name is Danielle Enginito. Uh, like you said, I'm a spiritual healer. I'm also a medium and a master uh, Reiki um, teacher. So I like to help women heal from toxic relationships. You mentioned narcissism. So getting over narcissistic relationships, finding their happiness, finding who they are again. And I do that with the power of energy healing, but I also do that with reprogramming subconscious beliefs. Cause I believe it's very important for us to get our mind and our energy on the same page. Cause our energy holds our thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Yes. I have written a boat book, called It's Not You, It's Your Energy, because a lot of us think it's us, but it's really not. It's our energy that's holding on to the past, past traumatic events, past things that have happened in the past. Um, And I wrote a whole book about that and how to clear your energy, how to heal your energy, and also how to protect your energy from other people's energy as well. Um, So I'm excited to be here and share everything that I have with your audience. Thank you so much for being here, Danielle. And also, it's, uh, you know, I think when we decided to have you on, I think your journey fits exactly with our podcast, which is bringing happiness to people. But happiness in itself is very difficult to achieve because, as you said, the mindset, the, the past traumatic experience they, they felt or the, the negative energy that they've experienced in their lives, and they bring it with them. They bring it, they absorb them. And instead of releasing it, they hold on to it. Is it because it is more comfortable for them to do so, that they're more familiar to be around negativity versus positivity. You know, I think it's a mixture of things. Uh, I think that we actually don't know that we're holding on to a lot of that stuff. Uh, A lot of people that I work with, they have no idea. They usually think it's what's happening right here and right now versus what's happened in the past. So a lot of the times we think we've gotten over it or we've moved on from it or we've put it in a little box and we don't want to touch it, but we don't realize how much of that is still affecting our happiness. And then I think the other thing with it is that I think we have a misperception about what happiness really is. You know, I think we think it's like, oh, we're laughing all the time or we're having fun all the time. And, you know, truly, that's not really what happiness is. To me, it's contentment. It's about being happy. And it's not about being happy every single moment of every single day, because you are going to have bad days or human things happen. But it's an overall sense of knowing that everything is going to be okay, that everything is working out for you, whether it's good or bad, what's happening right now, it's all going to work out for you. And I think that we you know, are taught that happiness is that elevated emotion, that dopamine hit. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we can bring that back down to reality, uh, it would be a lot easier for everyone to find their happiness. That's true. There's actually, um, I I was uh, working on the, on the post on Facebook, actually, in which it says, they said there's 
four different, uh, there's a dose of happiness, D for, there's like oxytocin, serotonin, endorphin, and dopamine. And this is what brings people, and of course, each is relates to exercising, love, um, being motivated to accomplish things in life, and that brings each of those uh, hormones up. Now, do you feel that if the dose of the four hormones are not working in synergy, can you not be happy, or can you be happy just one or two of them? I actually think you can be happy without any of them. Um, you know, when I teach my clients, I teach them that we don't want to go so high and we don't want to go so low because what happens is that our bodies and our minds get used to being so high. And that's what we're always trying to achieve that dopamine hits serotonin, all that stuff. But I think that we can actually, like I said, be content with not having those highs in our life, but being base level happy, if that makes sense. Um, because you don't need those spikes because you're content with what's happening in your life, who you are in your life and what's going on around you in your life, good or bad. Um, so I actually don't think that you need all of those things. Okay. But then again, uh, you may, you may perceive this analogy or this metaphor as a bit the gloom here, but like happiness should be like an EKG. There's ups and there's downs because when you're down and then when you go up, you appreciate the up. And then when you're down, you realize that, you know what, I cannot always sustain this level of happiness. But one contentment means flatlining, which means death. So mm. that this contentment <laughs> may relate to, because we cannot just be consistent with the same feeling day in and day out. So contentment doesn't, doesn't go like against the idea of happiness should have ups and downs. Mm, it's a very interesting conversation. I love it. Okay. So the way that I feel is uh, as a spiritual healer, right? We trying to raise our vibration. We're trying to raise it up. So if you want to do that analogy of it, you are kind of, you're, you're going on a steady pace up because you're raising the vibration. So as you let go of all that trauma that you've been through, as you let go of all the, um, the judgment and shame and grief and all of that, as you let go of that, you're actually elevating yourself up to a higher vibration. Now, to me, vibration is about energy, which is different than about hormones. So when your vibration is moving up, you're at the steady pace of a high vibration of, again, not, not the dopamine hit, not the happiness, not the excitement, but at this space of like, wow, everything is beautiful. I am so grateful that I'm here. That kind of happiness versus the spike of the dopamine and the excitement. Now, it's good to have that, but we don't want to depend on that. We don't want to depend on those spikes, right? So we want to stay at that high vibration energetically. Um, and then we want to appreciate, like you said, the ups and the downs. But again, you're, you're, um, that flat line is actually raised, if that makes sense. It's elevated. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, that, it does make sense. Absolutely. Um, but then at the same time, would you agree, uh, Danielle, that when it comes to uh, sustaining happiness, most people, like you said, there's ups and downs in life. Uh, you cannot always be happy or else you must be on some kind of drugs. Um, do you feel that helping people reach that certain level, as you uh, mentioned, of like uh, the, the positive energy that they live through, but then sometimes negative energy will kick in and will bring them down the curve, if you would call that. Um, so then their contentment goes down. So is there, so the contentment line actually varies up and down, just like in EKG. So it's mm -hmm. never really a certain line that people should abide by. Right. And I agree with, I agree with you there. And that's, um, you know, I mainly talk about awareness. So it's being aware that your energy is dropping 
and figuring out why it's dropping, figuring out if it's people around you, figuring it out if it's yourself, if you stopped exercising or dieting or eating healthy or whatever it is, children, you know, whatever it can be for you. Um, but again, always striving to get back to the line, if that makes sense. Um, so again, we're human, so we're always going to go up and down, but it's being aware of where you are on the, on the sense, on the field. But I always talk about stepping out of your emotion rather than being in your emotion, because when you are aware of what's happening, you can look at it and say, wow, my energy is dropping. Some, something's wrong here. Instead of being in it, which is then dragging your emotions down and not being able to actually see what's happening, but like literally feeling it inside of you, like something's wrong. I'm depressed, I'm anxiety, you know, like all these negative thoughts. But when you can be aware of those thoughts, it's a different, it's a different experience because then you can say, okay, why am I feeling this way? Instead of I am feeling this way, it's why am I feeling this way? And then you can start to be like, okay, well, you know, I stopped working out. I haven't seen my children in a while, like whatever the, the reason is. And then you can start to counteract that and start to fix that in order to, again, bring you up to that elevation. I see. So as a spiritual healer, because I'm sure that a lot of our listeners don't really know the process. Sometimes when you talk about spirituality, people relate this to, or is she going to try to preach religion? Is she going to try to preach a certain way of living, etc.? So to clarify this misunderstanding or this misperception to our listeners, how do you not implement, but how, you, how do you suggest your clients to adapt a certain, um, you know, I would say path in their life so they could eliminate or I would say erase this negative energy that they have and to be able to transfer it into something that is more positive. And that goes beside being mindful, living in the moment and so on and so forth. But is there a specific process that you use that will help them achieve that goal? Absolutely. And I think mindfulness and gratitude, they're all affirmations, like they're all great things, but we're not hitting the root of the issue. And that's what I help people do is the root of the issue. The first chapter in my book, I taught, I think the first page of my book, I talk about religion, because what we do is not religion. And a lot of people won't work with me um, because they think it's against their religion. But what I say is it's really science because we're all made of energy. And what we're doing is we're really just working with energy and we're releasing the thoughts, feelings and emotions that are trapped in your energy field. Um, so I have the let it go method, which is a five step process in order to help you let go of that. And like I said, the first step is awareness. So you've got to be aware of where your energy is, where your thoughts are, where your feelings are. Um, so become aware of that. And then the next thing is to get to the root of the issue, because we try to mask it with the affirmations and the gratitude. And it, it works for a little while, but people will go back and be like, I don't understand what happened. And it's because it's the dopamine hit of trying all that stuff in the very beginning, but then we fall down again. And then we have to figure out something else because we're not getting to the root of the issue. Now, when I work with my clients, we go back. So I'll, I'll have a talk with them and see where it is that we really need to go back to in order to let go of the root of the issue. So some, if somebody um, doesn't feel good enough, we're gonna go back and see, well, where did it start? You know, so that's the second step is really finding the root of the issue. The third one is again, reprogramming your subconscious beliefs because whatever happened in the past, you now have thoughts and beliefs about yourself, about the world, about people. Um, and then you also have to release the energy as well. 
because when you go through a traumatic event and as children, because I specialize basically in childhood stuff where children, they internalize everything. Everything is about them, you know? So like, even if their parents got divorced and it had nothing to do with the kids, it's about us, right? What did I do wrong? Why wasn't I good enough? All this stuff. Um, so we need to reprogram the subconscious beliefs and we need to release the energy because that energy gets stuck there. Uh, so when we release the energy, a lot of my clients will be crying their eyes out, but they will feel a shift after an energy healing session because we've actually let go of the energy that has been continuously in your energy field for as long as it has been. And then the uh, next step would be boundaries. So we got to create boundaries, but I always say that you've got to heal yourself, feel better about yourself in order to enforce the boundaries. Because a lot of people will try to make boundaries right away, but they don't feel good enough or worthy enough to enforce them. They'll feel bad, they'll feel guilty, they'll feel like a bad person. Um, so it's creating boundaries. And then I love to say like connecting to a higher self, to connecting to a higher power, whether that be yourself, whether it be God, whoever you believe in. Like I said, this has nothing to do with religion, but bring your religion into it. That's why I like spirituality is what you said about spiritual. Uh, to me, there are no rules. There's nothing to follow. It is literally self-discovery to me, spirituality. Um, you get to do what you want to do. There, there's nobody telling you what to do. It's a, it's a path of self-discovery and self-enlightenment as well. So when you talk about uh, the number four you said about boundaries, does that relate to limiting belief about yourself, about what you allow your brain to process information or to process what you're capable of doing and you are afraid of moving forward with that because of fear of failure fear of re uh, rejection abandonment and all that is that those kind of boundaries that you do within yourself or within other people around you um well i think you have boundaries within yourself there i mean there's different areas that you have to put boundaries a lot of like family relationships uh, career work yourself um so there's a lot of different areas for boundaries so, so it's both, right? So you're going to have to make sure, say a relationship, if we get into a relationship, you're going to have to have boundaries with the other person, but you're also going to have boundaries with yourself, especially I work with a lot of women who are codependent. So we like to give and give. We have to have self-reflecting boundaries too, because we're like, oh, okay, wait, I'm giving too much. Has nothing to do with the other person, has to do with ourselves. So it's both. Um, when, and it, it kind of, uh, it's, it kind of goes back and forth. When you're dealing with people with your boundaries, it's about, yes, abandonment issues is a huge thing. That's one of the major wounds that I talk about. Um, rejection as well, because we don't want to put boundaries because we're scared that they're going to get mad. And again, that will go back to probably somewhere in your childhood. It's not about setting boundaries with the person now. It's about the past. Um, and then when you are setting boundaries for yourself, it's about the fear of not giving enough, not being enough, not being worthy enough because you're not giving because you receive your validation from making somebody else happy. And if you're not doing that because you have a boundary, then a lot of my clients are like, you know, is this happiness? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, and I'm like, yes, it is because you, they're like, because they get that dopamine hit every time that they try to help somebody or, you know, and now when they're not doing that, they're like, Oh, this, this feels weird. You know, feel cause they're at that line and um, <clears throat> we have to get comfortable with that line. So, but then if you look at uh, the, the, the women who are explaining their feeling to their significant other and putting those boundaries and then the significant other will say, you know, you're too difficult or you're too demanding or you're too this or too that, which relates to them thinking that they may get rejected or abandoned because of them being too demanding or nagging, if you would call that. So 
Is there a specific way, uh, Danielle, that you can address this problem with, especially if you're in a marriage or relationship, and when you feel that your boundaries has been crossed by mm -hmm. uh, the uh, significant other, is there a way to be able to alleviate the way to make them feel that you are demanding, that you are uh, trying to push too much your boundaries and implement or force them to the other person? Is there a way for you to be able to explain that to them? Yes, that's a loaded question. Okay, so <clears throat> um, what I will say is, first of all, I talk a lot about communication because the way we communicate, it makes a very big difference whether they listen or not. Um, with the situation that you're talking about, it really depends if we're talking about a narcissist or not. Um, if we're talking about a narcissist, you're never going to explain it. You're, you're never going to be not, you know, too much or, you know, demanding or whatever, because they just want you to do what they want you to do. So if, so the first thing I would say is recognize if your partner or your whatever is either a narcissist or not. And my, my thing is a lack of empathy. So with narcissists, it's like, if they don't have empathy for people or for yourself or for them, then you're dealing with a narcissist and they're never going to feel your pain. They're never going to understand you. And I always say like, stop trying to make them understand you. Cause that's what a lot of us do is like, we're trying to like, just put it in their face and like make them see how much they hurt us or make them see where we're coming from, but they never will. And we have to give up that fight. And that's about bringing it back to you. And it's very uncomfortable to do that because our ego wants us to be like, Hey, listen to us. Um, but on the other side, if you're not dealing with a narcissistic person, then I would say is communication. Like, don't be trying to put a boundary when you're fighting because that's not going to be heard. It's not going to be respected. And I always say that when you do try to communicate, you want to come from a place of love for yourself and for them instead of trying to get your way. And you want to understand where they're coming from and you want them to understand where you're coming from. Um, but again, if they are calling you demanding or needy or nagging them or something, then there's a, you're out of alignment in that relationship, I would say. I mean, you're the pro at this, but <laughs> I would say that they're out of alignment somewhere and someone has to be the bigger person to start to change that all around. And I, I see that in marriages. I saw that in my marriage. It's like neither one of us wanted, I will actually, I was trying to be, but like neither one of us wanted to be the bigger person. It's like, well, he did this. So why should I do that? And I think that that is a very uh, negative way to go about it because nothing's going to get solved. And also when you look at, um, when you were discussing about the narcissistic personalities, um, when they lack empathy, and this is also has been proven after a numerous amount of research that they lack a hormone called vasopressin. And that, la that shows, uh, or that demonstrate a lack of empathy towards others. So that in itself, you have to look at it as an illness. It's not their fault. Like you cannot accuse them. Like if they had cancer, I'll, okay, well, you cannot function well. Oh, that's your fault. No, it's not my mm -hmm. fault. There's a, a disbalance somewhere. So this in itself creates this tension. But then again, some people may say, well, is he covert narcissistic or is he vulnerable narcissism? So again, there's two different spectrum. Some of them will demonstrate the, the need to want to help themselves, to want to change, but the covert one, forget about it. They'll say, you know, they'll just gaslight. No, you're the one who has a problem. No, you should see things this way or my way, whatever it is. So again, it's, it's all about the dynamic of the relationship and how it all started and how it's all going to end, if it does have to end. So that in itself, like a narcissist is going to drain your energy, no matter which way you look at it. And don't even think about changing them because that's a failure in disguise. <laughs> mm -hmm, absolutely. And, you know, I say there's two sides of energy 
And one of them is taking on somebody else's energy. So when you're involved with a narcissist, you're taking on that negative energy. And I've dealt with a lot of them and I just feel like they're black holes. <laughs> so it's like, imagine taking that on all the time. And then there's your energy that you have to work and heal. So when I work with someone, we clear and protect their energy the first thing, because I want to work with their energy, not somebody else's energy that's on them. So if you're in, I call it the lion's den when you're living with a narcissist. Yes. And I say that the best thing that you can do is if you can't get out of the relationship is heal yourself, right? Allow yourself to become stronger and more confident so that they, and, and self-aware so that their actions don't bother you as much. You're not taking everything personally because you can look at this person and be like, it's like an injured child, like throwing a tantrum. It's, it has nothing to do with you. It's all about them. So again, the more that you can become aware and self-discover yourself, the more that you can kind of detach from their behaviors and the gaslighting and stuff. And I look at it as a game now. I'm like, oh, there it is. You know, like, oh, there's the gaslighting right there. Instead of being like, oh, I can't believe they said that to me or and, and start to like let it ruminate in your head. It's like, look at it as a game and just be like, notice it and be aware of it instead of being in it again. That's beautiful. And, and the thing is, again, um, if you have a narcissistic person and then you have an empath, then, you know, even though those opposites do attract because then the empath will always want to be able to make sure that the narcissistic has all the needs met and the narcissist person will feel that the empath is there to be taking advantage of. So, but you bring this kind of like awakening to those who are empath to say, hey, you're becoming a doormat here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so with, emp with empaths for me, because I'm an energy healer, empaths is really about taking on other people's energy where codependency is trying to fix everybody right? Because if we fix them, we feel better about ourselves, which is getting that validation outside of ourselves, where the empath, you have to learn. And that's what I, why I wrote my book, because a lot of people don't understand this, is that they have to learn to clear and protect their energy on a daily basis. And it will depend on what level of sensitivity you are as an empath, because you're basically just taking on everything from everybody else. You're not even feeling your own emotions. Right. And when you do that, it's like you want to fix somebody too, because it's like, well, if I fix them, then I'll feel better, right? Yes. But you don't have to do that. You can actually learn Learn how to clear and protect your energy. Mm -hmm. So now, um, if let's say you could explain to uh, our listeners, now what is the biggest obstacle that you would see as a spiritual healer when it comes to helping people? Um, is there those who are resistant to spirit spirituality, those who do not believe that, or they believe to associate spiritual with religion, or those that are so toxic from within that they will not be able to listen to anything or even absorb the information that you have to give them. So uh, how do you get to the mind of people and wanting them to change their habits? It's hard to be honest, hundred percent honesty here. Um, it is really hard. You know, there's a lot of women that follow me, even men that follow me, but they don't want to take the leap. And I think it's because they do resist it. Uh, it's like, we know that there's a problem. I, I feel like I always say, I'm like, I feel like I'm selling the dentist, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> we only go when we absolutely need to, you know, to get our root canals. Right. So yeah. instead I'm like, I want to sell the beach vacation, you know, like I want to elevate people. Um, and that's what we do. But I think a lot of people look at healing, you know, that word healing, it doesn't sound pretty. And I say that it's really not pretty, but the thing is, is with the power of energy healing, you can do it so much faster because the shifts just occur day in and day out. So um, I think that they resist it 
because they're scared of opening up the can of worms and not being able to control it. Um, I think they resist it because they're trying to live their life, but they're trying to fill it up with all the dopamine hits, vacations and, you know, whatever friends and stuff. Um, and then of course there are, I mean, all the above of what you said, (laughs) you know, like, of course there's going to be people that are so toxic that they're not listening. They say they want to change, but they really don't. Um, so you got a whole mixture of all of the above and, um, but I really feel like there's a lot of people out there that like, for me, I love it. Like I love healing. I love being uncomfortable. I love having things come up because I know what's on the other side of it. And it's like, it's just, you're just releasing so much that you didn't even know was there, but yeah, there, I mean, it's hard for people, I think, to dive into it, especially because they think it's going to be a long term of like crying and sadness and and all of that, but it doesn't have to be that way. But you know what I've noticed as well, uh, Danielle, is that, Spiritual healer for the ones that I've spoken to, they they deal with so much toxicity and negativity that they start absorbing all of that around them. And that becomes very toxic for them. The same thing for therapists. We only hear bad things because if someone comes to us and they only have good things to say, then why do you need me? <laughs> you only come to me when you have a problem, just like you go to the dentist because your teeth hurt. But again, they will not really go just for their routine cleaning or their, uh, you know, their uh, one year, uh, like checkup, etc. So again, we only go when there's a problem. So if we go to you, because they know that they're actually um, not, I mean, not necessarily healing, but they're sick, mentally sick. So do you feel that there's a way to be more proactive in that regard? So if people will come to a spiritual healer, it's not because they're spiritually sick, it's because they feel that something is turning inside like percolating, if you would call that, and then they will be able to kind of tackle the problem before it gets worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it it is a problem. And, um, you know, I I have realized it's funny because I am a very sensitive empath and I have a lot of empathy for people, but because of what I do, I need to back myself away from it and protect my energy, which to me, like, I feel bad because it looks like I don't have empathy because I'm like, they'll cry their eyes out and I'll be like, you know, like I'm like, (laughs) and sometimes I do, sometimes I cry with them and, you know, all these things, but um, usually I'm protecting my energy from it so that I'm not absorbing all that negativity all the time. Um, So I think like a therapist and and healers like we need to learn how to clear and protect our energy on a daily basis after every session, basically, because we can take that with us, you know? Um, So, uh, yeah. So I think that healers need to learn how to do that in order to protect themselves and not feel bad about showing that empathy side, because like I always say, because I, my spirit guides have tough love and I'm just like, listen, it's tough love, but just know that I say it with compassion and love for you, (laughs) you know? Um, But it's like, someone has to stay stern in order to help somebody else as well. That's so true. So how long did it take you to become a spiritual healer or is Mm -hmm. it that you always want to do, or one day did you feel that I am a healer? Let's practice that. (laughs) I thought I was going to be a medium, which I am, but actually healing came to me first. Um, So I went through a a toxic divorce with a narcissist and uh, I was trying therapy. I was trying everything to heal, but like nothing was helping me. And I finally went to a energy healer that my friend recommended and I cried like a baby on the table. And when I got up, it was the shift. So, um, so yeah, so I think that, you know, just trying new things. I wasn't always something I wanted to do, but as soon as I got off the table, I was like, I have to learn that. 
So I learned it. And then I was like, how do people not know about narcissism? Cause this was five years ago. And I was like, I got to tell people. <laughs> and that's how I started. <laughs> yes, 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 definitely. And then how long did it take you throughout your journey to be able to become a spiritual healer? Uh, so I started about, uh, four years ago. So about a year after my divorce. So I've only been doing this for a short amount of time, but if you believe in past lives, I've been a healer yeah. for a really long time. <laughs> Absolutely. So where can people find you? Because I'm sure that some may not want to go through the route of a like therapist like me, but they would find first, let me see what a spiritual healer can do. And then if that doesn't work, then I'll go to therapy. Yeah. So I'm basically everywhere. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, YouTube. Uh, I'm loving TikTok right now. So I'm over on TikTok as well. Uh, but my website as well, danielleandjanito.com. You can also find me there. Beautiful. Well, Danielle, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join us. And thank you again for participating and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible story. We hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode. And I'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season 12 of the Happiness Journey podcast filled with inspirational stories, just like the one that you listen today. Now, here are some concluding words of wisdom. Positive energy is collective, integrative, and expanding. Whereas negative energy is simply that which disconnect, which segregates, which separates, and which lowers energy, brings lower frequency. Positive mindset increases the frequency and allows us to see things more holistically, whereas negative energy breaks things down into parts that make things a bit more challenging to manage. A daily dosage of positive energy is so corrosive that it wears out every negative doubt as the gap between the dream and reality closes. Never give place to people in your life with low self-esteem, no vision, negative mindset, and stressful. They are your positive energy suckers and will drag you down as far as they can take you. Finally, always beware of the people you allow in your energy space. Some might contaminate your energy to a point of no return. Meditate, stay happy, and stay away from negativity that shuts you down. My name is Dr. Dan Emzalag, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.